Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 245, The Power of True Listening with Liz Scott. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. My guest in today's episode is Liz Scott. Liz is the author of a book called To Listen Is To Love, which is a really great little book. I'm going to share the link um, here in the show notes. She does something called well-being listening. And as Liz shares in this episode, she was really impacted by the power of listening. She was impacted by this understanding that we share and and seeing that we are we are all life itself. We all are complete health. We are life in motion. And from that place, her listening changed and the impact of listening changed for her. And as she describes in 2020, during all the lockdowns, she lives in the UK, she had the idea to take listening into the community and to hold space to just simply listen. And now she actually supports other people in listening, uh, listening to people out in the world around them. And, and it can be in formal kind of community outreach ways, which she does, but also just in the simplest everyday ways, listening to our families, to the people we come across on the street, uh, to ourselves, really listening to ourselves, listening to life itself, because, you know, we are life itself. So I was on Liz's podcast that she has with her husband, Stu. Um, a few weeks ago, and then I asked her to come on Changeable. And I think you're going to love this conversation because even though we're going to be listening to Liz mostly, she has a way about her of listening. Like it's hard to articulate, but talking with her these two times that I have, you just really feel heard. I think it's she's a perfect living example of exactly what she talks about. That when we see someone's health, when we know who they are beyond anything they're saying, you just feel it. When someone sees your health and they're not worried about you and they're not stepping in to try to help you solve and fix everything, when they just hold space for you to come to your own realizations and have your own wisdom, it's the best feeling there is. And that's really the impact of this work that Liz does is that you know there is no heavy-handed teaching, there is no heavy-handed support or helping because people don't need that so much. What's helpful is to just have someone by your side seeing you and hearing you and for you to find your own way, which is already always happening, but for you to see that you can find your own way without needing so much support. And I really appreciate that as kind of the cornerstone behind um, behind this amazing work that Liz does. So I'm going to share all of her links here in the show notes. Again, check out her book, um, To Listen Is To Love, her website, which has links to uh, her well-being listening trainings and, and her podcasts and all kinds of great stuff. So enjoy this conversation with Liz Scott. Hi, Liz. Thank you so much for coming on Changeable. It's great to see you, Amy. I'm so looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. Thank you. So. Um, I I was recently on your podcast and you had a little group there um, and it was so great. I just loved that discussion. I love your group was incredible, the questions they asked. So, um, and then I read your book, To Listen Is To Love, um, 
I had started reading it before I came, but then I finished it since. And um, yeah, it just made me really excited to talk with you about your work and listening and all the things that have shifted for you. Mm, no, I'm so looking forward to it. And it was really good um, talking to you the other day and just and it's, it's always lovely, isn't it? Just to hear a different voice and a different perspective and a different way of describing what sometimes I feel I'm saying the same thing and thinking, how can I say this differently? Yeah. And then, and then I hear you say things and I hear other people say things and it's so refreshing because it feels like, I don't know, Amy, but for me, it just feels like we're all pointing in the same direction and yeah. that feels really nourishing. Yeah, I agree. And it's so neat how you start looking in this direction and then yes, you can hear it in other voices and it just, it does something. It just deepens it. it gets, you know, hearing from our perspective, probably I'll not speaking for you, but from my perspective anyway, as, as someone who talks about this all the time, I love hearing it in other words because it, it does. It's like, oh, you could say it that way or it just opens it up from that way. But I think even just as students of this, as people taking this in and which we are too, it's almost like hearing the same thing, but in all those different words, it just feels like, oh yeah, it is true. Yeah, <laughs> That's I, exactly what Liz says. That's what he says. That's what she that's says. That's right. And, and I've got little post-it notes where like when I'm, uh, we're, we're running training and students say thing and I'm thinking, ah, oh, that's so wise. And I make a little post-it note and I put it up and I keep reminding myself because there's wisdom everywhere, isn't there? And, and, and I think when, when I'm in that, that subtle space, um, and it, it really, it, you know, it can really land. Uh, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, this is great. Yeah, cool. So, um, yeah, so maybe kick it off by saying a little bit about just your background. Um, I'm just curious how you came into this understanding and what your life was like before. What were you doing for work? Like, how was your, how did life look to you? How did it feel? And then how have things shifted a little bit? Sure. Well, my background uh, is as a BBC reporter. I, I worked for radio, um, local radio, for uh, about 12 years. And um, I absolutely loved the job. I loved going around, meeting people, um, interviewing people. And um, whilst I was doing that, one of the things that just kept kind of nudging me was I was really curious about listening to people. And it, I, I trained as a counsellor. I was still working at the BBC and I thought, I'm going to train as a counsellor. I just think there's something here. And and I trained as a counsellor and I thought, oh, that's not quite right. I heard this thing called coaching. I'm going to train as a coach. And I trained as a coach. And I love coaching. And as it was, um, I came across something whilst I was a coach, which is was called the three principles, is called the three principles. And I was a coach that loved just doing different types of training. If you look behind me, this is an empty bookshelf, right? You imagine what it was like before. And there, there are dozens of books on this bookshelf. But before we had books stacked on the ground, different personal development group, uh, books. And, and I was on this real search to be a better person. Like I, I kind of felt I wasn't quite complete. And it was, if only I could learn the next technique or strategy and and lo and behold somebody said what about you heard about the three principles and I thought yep I'm gonna no never heard of it but yep I'm gonna do that one I'll do the three principles add it to my toolbox and it was just one of those things that I could I 
couldn't get intellectually, but I knew at some level there was something here that that had resonated deeply. And that's as, that's as much as I can put it. And so I left the BBC, I started my own business, and I started to explore the inside out understanding, the three principles. And for some time, I didn't, I didn't have language for it. My husband would say to me, Liz, what are you doing? You, you seem so much calmer in yourself. And I'd say, I've come across this thing called the three principles. And he'd say, well, what is it? And I'd say, I don't know. I don't know, but I just feel better. <laughs> and and that's the, that has been the start of a journey. And I'm going to fast forward because that was probably about 10 years ago now. And it, for me, it's been a real gradual, delicious, nourishing journey of, of exploration and seeing through some of the illusions and beliefs and, and scare stories that I had been telling myself and, and getting sort of more and more feeling like I'm on solid ground. And then fast forward to 2020, um, I was really inspired to look at how I might share and support what was going on in my local community. And uh, through COVID, and lockdowns, we developed something called, well, well, we didn't develop it. It kind of found us and came through us, which was something called well-being listening. And, and this is where we are now. So this is like a whistle-stop tour, Amy. But where we are now is that we, we really see that most people, when they listen to another person, they, their intention is to help that person feel better. And there's a misunderstanding about listening. And the misunderstanding is that if you listen out for the story and if you listen out to try and make someone feel better and if you listen out to try and give them solutions, inadvertently you're making things worse without meaning to. Whereas if you know that well-being and resilience is at the core of who you are and if you can stand in that place yourself you can't help but see it in another person. And, and in that interaction, you are able to waken that up in the other person. And so we have this, I don't know if it's an aspiration or just a, in a very light way, we're saying, well, what would it be like if we could share this kind of listening in a community? Like at a grassroots level, what, it, what would it be like if if in a community you knew that you were only a few steps away from a person that was going to re really listen to you in a way that had you come back to that settled, grounded space. And that's how we came across or have started to deliver well-being listening. Uh, and we started a social enterprise in 2020, and that appears to be the direction of travel still. So we're, we're loving it. So that's given you a bit of a hop, skip and a jump of what we're about. Yeah, I love that. Um, wow, there's and there's so much in that. So say say more about how when we listen from a place of wanting to help someone, that we're that we're kind of headed in a little wrong direction. We're we're doing them a disservice relative to what you're talking about, which is true listening. Because I think, you know, I think probably my listeners listeners to this probably get that to some degree, but it's still very counterintuitive. Like, what do you mean? Everybody's listening to try to help someone. And that feels like 
I'm a good person. I care about you. I want to help you. You know, how can that be bad? So say a bit about how that gets in the way. Okay, I'm going to give you a, a little example. I hope this is good. It just popped into my head. So last night we were, there was a group of social um, enterprises that went to the, the uh, careers fair. And the careers fair is, um, it happened at our secondary school, which I think must be a high school in, in America. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that there's dozens of stalls, different people on the police and the fire service and the army and the vets and, you know, all these different people. And, and students come along and they, they speak to different people. And, and, and if they've got an idea of what career they'd like, they hone in on that person. If they're not sure, they can speak to different people. So we were, we were celebrating the idea that some students might, might be interested in social enterprise and starting their own business. And we were there just representing that as an idea. So what I noticed was with some of this, and what we did, Amy, we just bribed them quite blatantly with free chocolate. It was like, come and talk to us. We got some free chocolate. Okay. And so these students would come in and, and, and I'd say, there's no such thing as a free piece of chocolate because now you've got, <laughs> now we're going to have a conversation. But what I noticed about some of these students is that the careers fair had meant to be there to help. But for many students, they were just bamboozled by the amount of um, jobs they might do and the different things that they might do. And, and it was like when I, when I said to the students, you know, how are you getting on? Is there anything here that you've, uh, you found? It was like, uh, it's almost like they, they, they were unable to speak because there was so much going on. Now, in a, in a helpful way, you know, wanting to help, it might look like the way to talk to a student like that is to say, but look, there's loads of things here and what are you good at? And you're really good at what you do. And let's find you a job. There'll be something here. Let's sort out your future and then you'll be happy. But I kind of knew that really what these students just needed was they just needed someone to say, well, this is how it felt to me. So this is well-being listening in action. Is It was like, yeah, God, just... It, it, there's a lot, there's a lot here. I, I bet it, it might feel a little bit overwhelming. And they were like, yeah, it just feels really overwhelming. And we just had this lovely little interaction. I wasn't trying to push them into doing anything. I was just kind of just saying to them, look, yeah, it is overwhelming. And it's great that you're here. But do you know what? It, it's still quite early to know what you want to do for the rest of your life. And, and, and well done for coming along. That for me is a well-being listening interaction where I'm kind of, I'm not trying to G somebody up. I'm not trying to fix anything with them. I'm just saying, look, hey, I'm here. I'm beside you. And yeah, I can understand that this might look a little bit overwhelming at the moment. So that's, that's one example. And then I'll give you a couple of more. Um, so for example, if I go into my local community, well-being listening, it's really ordinary. It might look like uh, when I go to the supermarket checkout and I just have a bit of a chat with, with the person on the tills and that's, that's well-being listening. Or, um, if I go past the guy that's homeless and is selling magazines, I maybe just catch his eye and say hello. Like I'd see him. That's well-being listening. Um, well-being listening is, is, is really seeing someone. And I guess it's about being present and just not even through words necessarily 
But just through being present and seeing someone and knowing at the core of their being they're deeply okay, is kind of just connecting to that bit in them. And that's what well-being listening is about. And it's really simple and it's really every day. Wow. I love that. And I love the story, you know, of the school and the students. And it's it's so against what we think, what we think, right? More information is better. And hey, this is great. And let's like explore all these options. And then and, and there is something really helpful in that, but helpful when we know how we work. Like you're saying, you know, hey, this might be overwhelming. You might have any you know, any thoughts you might have about this. Maybe you have no clue what you want to do with your life. Maybe you think, you know, it's all okay. Just hang out and it's going to come up and unfold for you in the moment, essentially, you know, because we have that sense of how, how we work and how we're designed. Yeah. And, and, and I think with um, schools and education, um, there's such an emphasis on using the intellect to find your way out of problems. Yeah. And, you know, the intellect is a marvelous, marvelous servant. Don't get me wrong. It's just that it has its limitations. And, and I think what we're doing with well-being listening is we're, we're and, and we don't explicitly say this unless people come on our training, but we're kind of just saying to people, look, there's another, there's a deeper intelligence, there's another kind of intelligence yeah. that we also have access to. It's just that it's, it, it's got a different vibe to it. So for, I can tell you what it's like for me. It's just a, a, a sense of a knowing and it's, it's quite gentle. And I, I know to, to trust that. And I know not to trust all the very loud, busy, thoughts that are vying for my attention and and that deeper wisdom or, or intelligence has kind of been overlooked that's how I see it mm-hmm. and so I just kind of want to remind people that it's there and and it's it's got some really good information that and it, it's very nourishing and it, it will nudge us in 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 the right in I say the right direction it will nudge us in a direction that, that, and we only need to take one step at a time and it will, it will help nudge us in, into that next step yeah. and, and the next step. So that's, that's what I really love about what we're about is, is it, it, it's feeling that deeper intelligence within myself and then standing it in it and seeing it in another person and, and helping them to see it too. Yeah. That's beautiful. Do you do you think we need to have that sort of pointed out? So I think so, it seems to me like sometimes it can be helpful, uh, it, it like really helpful, but sometimes it it doesn't really matter. So for example, you know, you you talked about just being with someone and just listening to them and seeing them, and I think this part is huge. You seeing them through your eyes, you see their health. Now, you might not tell them that. They don't even know what that means, right? There's no, there's no verbal communication about that, perhaps. But they feel it. There is just something so powerful that I can't really articulate. You could probably articulate it better than I can. But 
Like they're just, it's just so powerful when someone sees your health. We feel that something in us blossoms and it's like our health comes to the surface to match what, to reflect what they're already seeing in, the, in us, you know? So there's something so powerful in that. Do you find that that's kind of enough? I don't like to say it that way. Or is it helpful to kind of help reflect back to the person, look, this came from you. And I, we just sat here and, you know, do you sometimes do a little bit of teaching around that to help them connect those dots? Totally. I think there's, there's space for all of it. I, so here's the thing. I used to think that everybody should know about this. And I used to probably go into teaching mode, maybe too much from a good place, but I just thought, God, if only you understood this, this stuff that is really helping me it would really help you yeah and now now i see that the way that i tend to turn up in everyday conversations is that i i know what to listen to and i it's almost like i know what not to listen to and i know what not to fuel the fire of or the flames of which is overactive thinking i know that um and sometimes that just turns up with me having an everyday conversation with someone. Sometimes it turns up, and, and, and it might be that somebody just goes, do you know what, every time I see you, Liz, I feel better. And you're thinking, yeah, because I know that, I know, what, I know why. Because when you're with me, you start to get a sense of your own well-being. That's yeah. why, you know. And, and sometimes I might point that out to people more and just, gently point out to them um, all the times that they're resilient and they don't see it, all the times that they've touched base with their wisdom, that they maybe don't see it themselves. Mm-hmm. So, so for example, I remember I was, um, I was coaching a head teacher and, and her, her daughter was, um, had, had, had quite severe depression and had come home and was, um, you know, was finding life difficult. And, and as a mum, she was really worried, understandably, about her daughter. She'd been at university and she'd, she'd left university. And so in that, in that moment, it, you know, as she's telling me the story of her worry about her, her child, her daughter, you know, I say, well, wasn't it? Wasn't it amazing that your daughter knew to phone you up when she was feeling really low? She kind of knew that. And and isn't it great that, that you've, that your home is so welcoming that she knows that this is a safe place for her because she's feeling scared at the minute? Like, and she's like, Oh yeah. And isn't it great that your daughter knows at the minute she needs a lot of rest? So she's not, she's, you know, she's, and she doesn't, she doesn't want to engage with people. Isn't that, that's her wisdom coming through like that's, and so, but by pulling the attention away from the fear mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to make someone feel better. I'm just genuinely saying, gosh, that your daughter has shown such a lot of wisdom and you have too in supporting her. It kind of has people fall back into that kind of relief. Like, Oh, thank goodness. Yes. I can see that. I hadn't seen that. I had seen that as, not resilient, but now I can see that that maybe is resilience, and and that's that's what this is about for me. Is um, sometimes it is pointing out more overtly 
like that? Yeah. Can you see that that's resilience in action? And sometimes it's just having a conversation and knowing I'm shining a light on it, but not really being that explicit about it. Yeah. It's just really amazing that for, for listening to be so impactful as we know it is, again, it's another way. It's kind of like we were saying earlier about hearing this understanding in different voices in different ways. This is another way that just really highlights like, wow, what must be true of human beings for, for just be simple listening, simple listening to be so powerful, to have the impact it does what must be true of human beings? We must be made of health. We don't need intervention. We just sometimes need to, to be seen and heard. And, you know, and it, it's like you sit with someone and you're listening. And sometimes you hear, like you're saying, you can see the wisdom just coming right out of them. And often I find people just talk themselves to so much clarity when you just hold the space for them to do that. So Everything about this just kind of reaffirms, you know, what we know to be true of humans, which is this wouldn't make any sense and it wouldn't have the impact it had if we weren't full of wisdom and health by default, no exceptions. Totally. And, and I think there's something so, <clears throat> I was going to say reassuring. I don't think that's the right word. But I think when... When I, mean, I see that in myself, so let me start there, Amy. I really, I really see it in myself. I I know I'm okay, <clears throat> and I can see that in others. Yeah. I, I I can just see it, even even when they are lost in in their thinking and their fears. And I, hand on heart, couldn't. I couldn't be in a in an authentic conversation with someone by believing that to be true, like hoping against hope it was true. Right. It it because it, it it they at some level that there, there is that connection and resonance where someone it's almost like someone feels that you can see it in them. Mm-hmm. I know we're talking in metaphors and it's hard because of course it doesn't really happen like this, but it kind of appears to happen like this. So we we live in a culture that has spends so much time on on trying to fix something that doesn't need to be fixed like i'm sitting here in the uk and i'm looking out of the window it's gray and it's raining it's really miserable weather but it's it's like i don't need to fix the weather the weather is just weather I can rail against, I can get angry at it, I can think it's not fair. But actually, the most helpful thing is to understand that when it's raining, if I go outside, I'm going to get wet. It's really helpful to know that, but it doesn't really matter what I think about it. It will just do its thing. So yes, for me, there's something about really seeing in other people the, the the wisdom that I know because I feel it in myself that exists in them because because ultimately we're all we're all made of the same we're all made of the same stuff yeah. and it's like our our thinking and our thoughts and our our emotions they they kind of they rise and they fall um and 
when you understand something, it, it's no longer frightening. And, and for me, now that I understand how my emotions shift and change. So here's the thing, and I know you know this, Amy, but like just because I know I'm made of well-being and know that I'm connected to this deeper intelligence behind life, that doesn't mean that I'm happy, happy, happy all the time. It just means that when I have a full human experience, which has a range of emotions, I know that I'm okay and that I can just keep taking the next step. And that ultimately is, is the message. It's not even the message. That ultimately is, is what I see in others and, and is, is, is what I'm wanting them to see in themselves is that yes, they are made. That's, that's the nature of the way it is. We're made from the energy of life itself. And there's something very reassuring in knowing that that is at the core and essence of our makeup. Yeah. Uh, it's so, it's so simple. And isn't it funny how when we're, when our thinking is sped up, that cannot, that can sound like not enough. Like as I sit here and listen to you, I'm like, oh, like I love how Liz talks about this and it's so true. And we're so lucky to see this. And, but I know if my thinking got, gets really sped up and it looks like I have a problem in life to hear that I'm made of the same energy of all of life. And that I can just, and that I'm going to feel all kinds of stuff. And then I'm just taking the next step and it's all unfolding. My mind is like, yeah, that's not good enough. Help me solve my problem. <laughs> you know, but then as soon as our mind settles down, it's not only not good enough, it's like the most simple thing. It takes all the weight off. And it's mm. how we're lived. We're just moved through life moment to moment as life itself, you know? So I don't know. It just struck me as you said that. Like, it's so funny how our mind can be like, no, I need more than that. I need an That's right. And, 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 you know, I'm, I'm really, um, curious at the moment for myself about stories, you know, the stories I tell myself, like, like the, the story I have, which runs like life must, I have it in every area of my life. Okay. Life should run like this. Mm-hmm. And when I get to the happy ending, then I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Now it can be as simple as if I want to go down to the, um, if I want to go down to the, um, I don't know, a hair appointment or something, it's like life, like I need to get there on time and then I'll be happy. Now, if, if suddenly the car breaks down or I get stuck in traffic or it's like I get angry because the story hasn't worked out the way it was meant to work out. Right. <laughs> and, and that happens in so many ways in, in my, in maybe relationships, I think they should go in a certain way or my work life should go in a certain way. And, and actually there's something funny when I catch myself in the middle of a story and I think, ah, and you just described it so beautifully when you said about life unfolding, there's a real difference to, to being present to the, the, I'm going to say unfoldment of life. I have no idea if that's a word, but the unfolding <laughs> of life, the unfolding of life. Yeah. Like having a presence to that and a kind of playful curiosity about like, huh, I wonder where this is going to go rather than thinking I need to control life. That's, mm-hmm. that, that's a very different, that's a very different place to, to live life from. That's how I found it. 
And I much prefer being in the unfolding because as far as I can tell, I had no control over it anyway. Yes, I agree 100%. And that's one of the biggest things that I've just felt so much just joy around. Like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. And it's not up to me. And initially, that didn't feel like joy. That felt like, no, I'm going to find a way. Kind of like you were saying in the beginning, I'm going to find a way to be a better person. I don't care if I know what this thing is or not. I'll study it. I'll read it. I'll, you know, and so it's funny. That's how our mind kind of sees it. And then to kind of reach this place where it's like, no, it's so much nicer to just take your hands off and just watch the unfoldment, <laughs> the unfolding and however it goes. Yeah. It's, it, and it was really interesting. Um, there was, I was speaking to someone recently and um, she wanted to, she, or she wants to start a social enterprise. And she said, oh, I heard about your social enterprise. And she said, um, you know, I really, I really like the way you're doing stuff and you're, you're doing it like this. And it sounds like you're following this model. And I was like, and I, and I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I said, I'm not really following any model. It's just like I keep, I didn't even know that I was going to start a social enterprise. Like I just keep turning up and it's like, oh, this seems to make sense now. Yeah. This is, this is the direction of travel. Yeah. Um, now that, that's a, some, and, and like, you know, like you're saying, Amy, I come from a place where I really, I, I want to be the hero of my story. I want to say, yes, I'm really good at doing my own business and here's the method I used and anyone can make a business like this, but it's, that's just not so. Yeah. It's like I've, I've just tuned into something that I trust in myself and I just keep taking the next step in whichever way it seems to nudge me. Yeah, I love it. So what does it look like um, to be a well-being listener, like on a community level? So I love how you said that like around, you know, lockdown, you just saw the need to do this where you are. What does that look like community-wise? Well, I would say it's, we're just starting to see it now. And um, we're, um, because during the lockdowns, of course, people, we were doing everything on the zoom and we weren't really out and about but now we're starting to see people out and about and so here's just one of the the, the things that is just starting to emerge with our well-being listeners is that we kind of see that there's um a place for our well-being listeners to support people in the community who want to uh, join groups and activities but maybe just feel that little bit of fear about taking that step into a new place. So we're working with um, our social prescriber. So this is someone that supports our uh, doctor's surgeries. And the social prescriber looks at people who maybe don't need medical intervention, but actually need community intervention and, and help point them to things in the community. Mm. And then what we're, we haven't started yet. We're just in the process of starting it up with our well-being listeners or some of them is that they are going to support people to, to, to like a little buddy to say, yeah, you, you want to go and you want to go swimming? Well, let's go down to the swimming pool together and work out how we, you know, where the changing rooms are and how you pay and, you know, what you need to take with you. And we'll, we'll go down together and work it out. So we're, we're looking at creating these sort of well-being buddies in the community. Mm-hmm. So that's one sort of specific voluntary way that we're looking at things. And more generally, it just turns up with people um, turning up in their workplace, 
like we, we work with uh, teachers, for example, um, and the feedback we get is like, well, this has been really, this is really helpful because it's really just helped me realize I don't need to fix things. I'm, I'm looking, you know, I'm, I'm just looking to, to, to listen, yeah. um, with, with families, with children. So often it just turns up in the rather everyday interactions that we already have with each other. Um, but as a well-being listener, you're, you're, you're listening in a different kind of way than maybe you used to. So I don't know if you've got it in, in, in this, in America, but we've got something called WD-40 and it's like a spray oil. So if you've got a squeaky hinge or something or, um, something that squeaks like a door squeaks and you spray this oil on it, it just makes it go a bit smoother. And I kind of see that that's very much what we're about with the WD-40 of listeners in our community. I love that idea so much. And, and just that, again, that there's not any heavy handedness needed. I mean, I can just imagine a well-being listener following someone to just do those, those basic things, go get signed up for this or whatever they're doing in their day. And it's just the way they're able to be with them sounds like it would just constantly reflect back. Like, you got this. You know. You know it's what exactly you're doing. exactly that. Yeah. Yes, it's exactly that. It's exactly that, reflecting back to someone what they can't see in themselves, but you can see it. You can really see it. Yes, I love that. Wow, what a great service. I love it. Awesome. So um, so you train well-being listeners and then they can kind of go out and do this work. Yeah, we train, we train well-being listeners and um, we have um, people that just come on the training and they go, this is great. I feel better and I'm off to live my life. Mm. And then other people say, do you know what? This is really great. And I really want to learn more about there's more here. I know there's more here. Like I want to follow this a bit more. And that's when they might get involved in our community listener program where they do community projects or our wellbeing listener volunteer, which is a new thing that we're, we're trialing now. Um, so there are different ways. And then, and there are some people that say, do you know what? I'd love to. I'd love to help other people see this. Uh, and so we support people who want to facilitate as well. Um, so there's different, it's almost like a whole spectrum of people, of levels of curiosity. Yeah. And for many people, it's just like, thank you. I, I'm, I'm going to go home and I'm going to play with my children because I get that that's, that's actually what I really need to do in my life at the minute. And the chores can go on hold. And you're thinking, that's well-being listening in action. Right. Nice one. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Liz. I'm going to share um, a link to your book, To Listen is to Love. It's a great book. And for people who who have a sense of this understanding, it's really great for people who are brand new. I just loved how simple it was. And it really just walks through, yeah, just how profound but really simple all of this is. Um, and I'll share links to all of your work if people want to get trained. So thank you so much for sharing. It's great. It's been a real pleasure, Amy. Thank you for having me. With Student Access Plus, you get a very large library of amazing digital courses, discounts on the Little School of Big Change and other larger courses, and a live monthly coaching call, all for one very low annual or monthly price. Just go to dramiejohnson.com slash student dash access dash plus to learn more and to sign up.